If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All right, everybody. In this episode of Mind Pump, look, I'm still on quarantine, uh, just playing it safe. So I am calling in through my phone, but Justin, Adam, and Doug are in the studio. Uh, it'll be like this for about another week. Uh, now, we wanted to address a few things in this episode in regards to working out at home. We talk about the best exercises and techniques that you can do while you're working out at home to give yourself the best results possible. Just because you don't have equipment doesn't mean your body needs to flounder. So we actually broke it down. We wanted to give you guys some real tangible things that you can do. We went through every single body part and we listed our favorite equipment-free exercises. We went through the chest and the back and the shoulders, arms, legs, the core. We went through the whole thing. We talked about techniques for each of these exercises, how you can make some of them easier. For example, a pull-up, great exercise. But what if you can't do pull-ups? Are there versions of that that are much easier? Yes, there are. But what if you're really strong and you can do a million pull-ups? Can you make it more difficult? Yes, you can. We do that with all the exercises. And then we teach you how to put it all together, how to piece everything together to get your body to continue to be fit, strong, lean, and healthy. Also, this month, Maps Anywhere is 50% off. Now, Maps Anywhere is a very effective at-home workout program that's all planned out for you. So if you don't want to put your workout together for yourself, not quite sure how to organize or program a workout, Maps Anywhere takes all the guests at work out for you. You literally log in. You have your exercises, your reps. You have video demos on how to do the exercises. Um, you don't need hardly any equipment to follow Maps Anywhere. All you need are resistance bands, a broomstick, or any stick will do, PVC pipe you can even use, and a pull-up bar. That's it. You don't need any dumbbells, barbells. Uh, you don't need benches or uh, machines, anything. Just follow maps anywhere as we've laid out and you'll get exceptional results and it's 50% off. Here's how you get the half off discount. Just go to mapswhite.com. That's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E.com and use the code white50. That's W-H-I-T-E-5-0, no space for the discount. I'm getting a lot of questions from people in regards to at-home workouts because I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are pretty well versed on the varieties and, and the different methods uh, of programming when you're in the gym. But then when it comes to working out without equipment, you know, let's, let's be honest, most trainers just don't have a, a, as big of a repertoire. They don't have as much of an arsenal mm -hmm. and the techniques and methods that they use in the gym, you know, may not necessarily work at home. So they're stuck doing the same, you know, squats, pushups, you know, uh, type movements. They're, they're, they're just hammering their bodies with lots of intensity. So, uh, what I wanted to do is give people lots of different, uh, exercises and, uh, different ways to do the exercises. Like, right. because working out without equipment, uh, doesn't need to mean that you're not having good workouts, right? Uh, you just have to know how to write your your workout properly, program them well, and if you do it uh, all well, you're going to have a great workout. 
Um, so uh, I, I, I think it would be cool if we went through like, yeah, you, you brought up the idea of going through and basically addressing every major muscle and some of our personal favorite at home type of exercises for that muscle group. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, to- uh, totally. And, and I, the also- hardest part is I think too, is people just don't have that creativity a lot of times. Like you, you can't think of a lot of options and there are quite a few options for just body weight training by itself. So if we can kind of give people some ideas, I think it'll help. Yeah. And then the other thing, cause you know, what are the drawbacks? Like what are the, the challenges I should say of at home workouts? Well, one of the big challenges is uh, resistance. You know, if, if I'm doing a, a bench press, one of the ways I can change the exercise and get my body to, to respond again is just to add weight, just add right? Weight. I can yeah. just add more weight. But when you're at home and you're doing like a push up, okay. Um, how do I add weight? I mean, I could have my, my kids sit on my back or do something like that, but if that's not available and that's weird or, you know, not consistent, there are techniques that you can do to certain exercises to, to increase the, the, the perceived resistance by the body mm-hmm. where well, the body will actually perceive it as more resistance without you actually having uh, to put more weight. So not yeah. only do you want to go through exercises, I want to go through techniques and things you could do to, to, to tell your body that you're using more resistance to really send mm-hmm. an effective, you know, adaptation signal uh, through just utilizing different exercises and different techniques of doing those exercises. Well, let's let's start there. I mean, you uh, you started off with uh, referencing push-ups and mm-hmm. chest, so let's talk about some of the ways to uh, progress uh, chest exercises. Now, the obvious one is everyone knows to start off with a, a push-up or a push-up variation, right? So a standard uh, push-up from your knees if you can't do a, a full regular push-up. Or if you can do a full regular push up, then and then that's your kind of your your basic. But I think there's a lot of cool variations with just that that you can mess with. Like for example, uh, close grip or wide grip, um, or elevating triangle, your, yeah, yeah, or elevating your 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 feet uh, to do it. Now, when I when I if I were to be writing this for a client though, uh, and the same similar type of rules we talk about. You know the way we program, where we're, you you do a phase for two weeks and then we transition into another phase. Like I want to, I want to start with a a chest exercise, whatever, whatever, no matter what variation I'm talking about. And I I want my client to get kind of good at that movement before I change it and make it completely novel by mm-hmm. elevating the feet or manipulating the the hand position. So. I can reap the benefits from the the standard push up first, and then as I progress and move into other variations, they start to get the benefits of the novelty of the new the new variation. Right. So you know, one of the obvious things for me is to really start with a nice slow cadence and, and like really like hone in on the technique of it. Uh, so push ups, and I know right now push ups that's the hot one, right? It's it's tag your friend for ten push ups, and everybody's sort of jumping on this momentum of uh, you know doing these with their friends. But let's make sure like the technique and, and we're getting the intent of what we're trying to do with, with the exercise down first. And really the first part of that is stabilizing correctly with your shoulders and with your core. So what I, what I do see a lot is when people start to, uh, you know, the, their lower back starts to arch and they're not keeping themselves nice and rigid in a plank. And so the first thing I would have them do is to just hold a nice extended plank uh, for a certain amount of time to then really kind of get set in good position. Yes, and uh, a couple techniques I learned a long time ago from uh, a martial artist. You know, martial artists, 
really value push-ups quite a bit for whatever reason. Um, they do them a lot. And a uh, couple techniques that I learned um, to make push-ups more effective. One of them is to uh, grip the floor with your hand. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the big problems I think some people have with push-ups is it starts to bother their wrists because mm -hmm. they're in that extended wrist position with their palms. What you don't want to do is relax your hands and your wrist and sit on the joint uh, because over time that'll start to cause problems. So one thing you can do to prevent that is by spreading your fingers and then grip the floor mm -hmm. with your hands. And what you're doing is you're activating the muscles of your forearms and wrist that, and they'll help support you. So that's number one. The other thing is you want to create a twisting tension into the floor with your hands. So right. you want to pretend like you're, like you're turning a doorknob with both hands. I'm, I'm taking my Whoa. hand, I'm gripping the floor, and I'm turning them both out. Now, don't actually turn them out. No. Just create that tension like you're turning them out. And what you'll find is you're going to get way more stable in your shoulders, and you'll activate your lats a little bit, and you're going to find that you're just uh, much more connected to the push-ups just by doing those two things. The other I, thing you can do. Yeah, I love doing ahead. that. If, if you can think of the perfect push-up, they used to have those handles that kind of rotated out. But yeah. you, your hands are basically glued to the to the ground. So sometimes I like spread my fingers out, even my clients, and then have them emulate that. But obviously they're not turning their hands. So that way you can activate uh, all the stabilizing muscles in your back as well. Right. Now, the other thing you can do if your wrists still bother you um, when you do push-ups is you can use towels you could place uh, a couple towels on the floor and then roll up another towel and grip that towel mm -hmm. and then do push-ups on your knuckles on the on the towels on the floor, that way that they're soft. Mm -hmm. So now your wrists are in a more of a neutral position while you're squeezing the rolled-up towel um, in your hand. That's uh, been a great solution that I found with, uh, with a lot of clients. Here's something else you can do. This one's a lot of fun. And it's an advanced, this is more of an advanced version. So if you're really, really strong at push-ups, you might want to try this out. When you get on the floor to do your push-ups, on, underneath one of your hands, take a soft towel. So place your hand on a soft towel. This works when you're on tile, uh, linoleum, or wood floor. And as you go down, slide the hand that's on the towel out while keeping the other hand planted. So the other hand is perfectly planted. So at the bottom of this push-up, one hand is further away from your body than the other. Then when you come up to do your push-ups, slide that hand back in, and it's almost like a combination fly and a push-up. Mm -hmm. It's a very advanced technique, but if you're really strong and you find yourself doing 50, 60 push-ups uh, and you need more resistance, try that out. Try sliding one of the hands out and bringing it back in and then switching hands. What do they call they call what do they call that bow and arrow push-ups or isn't that your name something like right. that? Yeah, cuz you can do that a, a variety of ways with the medicine ball, you can kind of roll it out as you're pushing up or you could also do that. I used to do that with a TRX or like a hanging suspension trainer with one hand on the hanging suspension while the other one was on the ground and I would fly one arm and push with the other. Now, isn't that what it's called a bow and arrow push-up? I think so. Yeah, I think it's called a bow and arrow push-up because when your arms extended all the way out, you look like almost like you're pulling a, a bow and sense. arrow, right? Something like that. Yeah. And if you want to get really crazy, then you can put both hands on a towel, go down, slide the hands out, and then slide them in as you come up. Now you're doing a push-up fly, both arms. Again, it's advanced, but if you're strong and you want a, like a muscle-building uh, push-up variation, 
give that one a try. If you do that one right, you're doing like five reps. Well, yeah. you know, and, and something I, I want to make a point is, as before we move into the back now is with all of these, uh, there, there's a there's a smart way to progress still. So what I what I don't want to do is provide a bunch of like crazy exercises and then everybody just goes and 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 does them. Like if you right, you'll notice that there there was obviously a method to the madness when we wrote Maps Anywhere that you know the idea of it when we wrote it was that it could be a standalone program that somebody who will never go in the gym can continually progress their body. And so I think there's a lot of fear around. Oh, I'm working out at home now. I'm not going to be able to see gains. But if you do the, if you use these exercises strategically and you progress them correctly, then you should see great progress over the next couple of months mm-hmm. doing an at-home workout. And one of the keys of progressing that way is if you if you can barely get ten perfect, you know, slow tempo push-ups, there's no reason for you to do a bow and arrow push-up yet, right? Because you don't you're you're not even there yet. Wait until you're getting to a point where. You can rep out 15 push-ups, no problem. Now we can start talking about progressing to these other moves so you get a new new stimulus, a new novel novel exercise that will then promote more muscle growth. Yeah, and that's why I start out with like the isometric kind of position of being able to just hold and stabilize the position. Now, something we didn't talk about was a hand-free uh, push-ups. So this would be another kind of a natural progression where, you know, we can work on retracting the shoulders if that's, you know, an issue while you're not uh, gaining the depth that, that you need to gain or you're not being able to get the strength to push yourself back up. Um, so you're going to go all the way to the ground and then you're going to retract and pull your elbow elbows back behind you uh, and lift your hands off the ground and then put your hands back on the ground and push yourself up. So that's, uh, I mean, that's challenging on its own. And it's definitely something that you could put in place first before then repping out these, uh, you know, regular standard pushups. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's, let's talk about back. Now uh, the obvious best exercise that I can think of that doesn't require much equipment at all uh, is a pull-up. Now I love pull-ups. Uh, it's one of the best exercises you can do. Period. Ever. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Whether you're at the gym or always at home. challenging. It's all. It's also a great one that you can very easily overload. Right. Like it doesn't. It's a a, a pull up for most people is already challenging. Let's say we've been doing these at home workouts for a couple months, and you've gotten really good at pull ups. You know, hold a twenty pound or a thirty pound weight around your waist and watch how quick it gets really difficult. So. You know, of all the exercises uh, that are, you know, mostly body weight, it's probably one of the easier ones to overload and to continually see uh, strength gains and and muscle gains by just barely adding a little bit more weight uh, week over week uh, by doing pull-ups. Oh, before I add weight to pull-ups, one thing that I like to do is I like to go all the way down and hang Mm -hmm. for three seconds and then do the next pull-up. So what I'm doing is I'm pausing in between reps at the bottom of the rep. So I'm like going all the way down, stretching, count to three. So thousand one, thousand two, thousand three. Then I do another pull-up. Now, if I just rapid fire pull-ups, I could probably get 15 to 20. When I do the, where I go to the bottom and stretch for three seconds, and then pull myself up. Oh yeah. Fine. I'm not Ten doing more hard. than like, yeah, I'm not uh, doing more than eight. Yeah. Uh, you kill all the, momentum that way for sure. Oh, it's, it's uh, in the, in the pump you get in your lats, Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, is exceptional. Now, if you're somebody that has a tough time doing pull-ups, because there's probably more people listening that uh, have a tough time doing pull-ups than people who, who have to add weight, um, one thing you could do is you can use a resistance band to give you help. 
And the way you do this is you, you tie one end of the resistance band to the pull-up bar, let it hang down, and then step into it with one of your feet. And then cross um, so the other one it, in front. Yeah, so it's pulling you up. Mm-hmm. And that'll give you, uh, that'll definitely give you some help. The other thing you can do if pull-ups are still too difficult for you, even with that, is you could do something, uh, you could do a, a body row. Now you can fashion uh, a, a body row with uh, a towel. And the way I've done this before in the past is I'll take a towel and I'll wrap it around a doorknob or a banister or something very solid and secure. Then I'll place my feet, you know, in front of me, lean back, hold on to the towel. So I'm kind of hanging uh, by the towel and then I'll pull my body up with a body row with the towel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require nearly as much strength as a pull up. And it's a great way to, to, to get started with pulling body weight exercises before you get uh, to the pull up. And then uh- for... Go ahead. Yeah, I love that. I was going to actually take uh, take us back a bit to the to the pull up in terms of the technique. So when you're talking about uh, going down to the bottom and holding for three seconds, uh, I would also kind of cue and coach into that to really brace and, and connect to your core and then tighten your legs as well. So the more stable your entire body is, uh, you know, the more overall strength you're going to output to get right back up to the top position. So to be able to connect even further with your body and be able to have control so you don't you know have any like dead limbs like you're 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 fully connected all the way down to your toes it's going to really help uh, enhance your pull-up well anybody who's been following any of our programs the same principles apply right well the way we do a, a strength a hypertrophy and an endurance phase where we're we're looking for something in the kind of five rep range. Then we're looking for something in that eight to 12 rep range. And then we're looking at something like 15 to 20 rep range. You are trying to challenge yourself in phases at home the same way. So if I'm going to be in a, you know, strength phase for, let's say my first two weeks, you know, I'm looking to do exercises and challenge myself that like five pull-ups or five of whatever I'm doing is really challenging. And then after I've done that for a while and I'm now going to move into a phase where I'm going 10 to 12. So that's, I think that's the real goal of, of throwing all these different exercises at people is you still want to apply the same rules of programming that mm-hmm. you want to be targeting an exercise that's really challenging for five reps for a couple of weeks. Then I want to find an exercise that's really challenging in the 10 to 12 rep range. And then I want to find something that I can rep out 15 to 20 reps. And mm-hmm. I want to pick exercises uh, around that. And, and I want to phase in and out of that over the course of the next, you know, one, two, three, four months, however long that we are quarantined home so I can see great progress. If you can do this, you will see great gains from from lifting at home. I know there's a lot of uh, shit around the internet right now that's talking to people like, oh, just don't worry about your gains, and oh, you're, you know, it's, you know, it, we'll be back in the gym. It's like you can still progress mm-hmm. if you program well in this situation, and you just need to understand that instead of what what I see right now from a lot of fitness professionals is just this randomness of workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tabata, the the Imam, the freaking uh, all these hit type of workouts where they just throw a bunch of random exercises in there that you just go till failure or you go till you can't breathe anymore and it's just designed to make you sweat. It's like, no, if you want to see great progression in your in your 
development of your muscles right now, the same principles of programming apply that we would apply inside the gym with all the tools. We're just now trying to figure how to, to structure those at home. So you as a listener have to be thinking about that when you choose these exercises, you know, make a goal. Okay, this can week, I do five pull-ups like without right. any assistance, and and that'll be the first goal, uh, you know, for the for the first couple of weeks, and then I'm going to progress that. Like if I can get ten to twelve, and I have it assisted, you know what. What, what color band am I going to use to help assist me in that? And then, you know, progress my way through that phase uh, accordingly. So, and then, you know, we're, we'll get to tension exercises and how we can kind of add that into the mix as its own phase as well. Such such a great point, uh, Adam, and in, uh, in your points too, Justin. I think um, programming your workout and planning it, um, you, not only will you not lose gains, um, but a lot of people are going to actually go back to the gym stronger and more fit because they're going to be working on things that they've neglected or not done before, or because the workouts, uh, were different. Um, so definitely, you know, uh, structure your workouts and phase them just like you would in the gym, you know, whether you're working on five reps, uh, or 10 reps or 15 reps or supersets, stick to a theme for a couple weeks before you move to the next theme to allow your body to progress and adapt. Um, and then you can move the next one. You know, there's, there's, there's a, uh, there's a lot of, you can also have a lot of fun with some of these exercises as well. Like, um, something that I like to do with pull-ups that, um, you know, there was a, a while there where, uh, I just, I wanted to be able to get, uh, to, to be able to do 30 pull-ups. It was a long time ago and I, I had set a goal for myself. And so I did pull-ups all the time. And one thing that I did that was a lot of fun is I would do one rep, uh, close grip, one grip, one rep, medium grip, one grip, uh, one rep, wide grip. And then I'd cycle through again. So I do one pull up, go all the way down, get a different grip, do one pull up all the way down, get a different grip, do another pull up. And this is just, I mean, it's not a special exercise. Uh, there's nothing particularly, you know, different about it or more effective than if I were just to do the exercises straight. But it's fun because I'm moving from one to the next. It's causing me to let go of the bar and reset each time. This is something you could do with a lot of different exercises where you just find different ways of adding a little bit of variety. But I do want to be clear, get really good at an exercise before you mix things up and try to right. you know, throw different things um, you know, at your body. Yeah, the idea of us giving you guys all these, these different movements and techniques – is not to just take them and randomly throw them together and just try and do them all. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, use this as a, a tool belt of uh, all the things that we're saying that uh, can apply and then still apply it the same way that you would if you were following any of our other programs. The same way, the same thought process into programming maps anywhere was done just like anabolic and performance and aesthetic. We still phase the workouts. We're still very methodical about what ones we choose in each phase. Like, you know, pull-ups are an incredible place to, you know, do like a strength building phase. And then Mm -hmm. when you move into something like, you know, a hypertrophy phase, you want to probably use a rubber band that's going to assist you to help you get 15 to 20 Mm -hmm. or choose other exercises that are easier for you to get 15 to 20 reps. Still the same rules apply. Yes, and, and bands are so valuable uh, for at-home workouts. You can use bands. You can actually do more exercises with bands um, than you can even do with uh, with dumbbells because the resistance is not dependent on gravity. Right. The resistance is dependent on the band. So I could do a tricep press down, for example, uh, with a band, uh, and I wouldn't be able to necessarily do a press down uh, with a dumbbell. So um, that takes us to shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now, shoulders 
Um, band raises are phenomenal. Band raises to the side, mm-hmm. band raises to the front, or band pull-aparts for the rear deltoids. I'll tell you what, I've done band uh, full shoulder band ex- uh, workouts in gyms. Yeah. That's how effective band uh, exercises are for shoulders. Where I, I was in a gym, full access to machines, barbells and dumbbells, and I still chose to do a full shoulder workout with bands with all the 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 raise uh you know varieties and uh i got phenomenal results excellent results Mm -hmm. just from hitting all the different angles so those are my favorite exercises for shoulders right there the side raises front raises um and then pull parts but there are a lot more i love those i I think this is where it gets a little creative when you have to do bodyweight exercises for shoulders i mean the the first immediate one that comes to mind is is like a handstand push-up but there's definitely a regression to that so uh if you're looking to do uh, some kind of a press for just your shoulders uh one thing you can do is elevate your feet and get in sort of a pike position so you you fold your body in half so your hips are up high and your head is facing like basically you're coming down on the top of your head, but your hands are doing a press like you would be emulating a shoulder press uh, with body weight. So that's that's one way to do it is to just elevate your feet up, pike your hips, so you kind of fold yourself in half, and then come down on the top of your head and push your way back up. Well, you can regress that with not elevating your feet, right? So the sure. the, the first uh, you know or the regression to that is to just pike on the ground. You know, create a pike, and then you're doing these these shoulder presses with dropping your head down. That'll be the easier way. As you start to elevate your feet, the higher you elevate your feet, mm-hmm. the more weight that you're leveraging on your shoulders. And so that's an easy way to progress it to where you start piking on the ground, then you pike on a chair, and then mm-hmm. you eventually put your feet on the wall. Then right. you eventually go straight up and down in a in a keep in walking a, your feet up the wall, keep walking your hands back closer to the wall. Make it. I mean, it's a, it's a nice gradual way to add more intensity using gravity. And there, this is shoulders because they are a little more. Challenging. Uh, this is where I do like uh, isolation type exercises or isometric, excuse me, ex- exercises mm-hmm. like a, a side plank. Uh, I mean, you, you, yeah. you'd be surprised how much you're, sh- I mean, I know that's most people think of that as a oblique and core type of movement. But man, if you don't do a lot of side planks and you start doing those, lots of shoulder st- stability there. Yeah, it's a that's a major shoulder stability exercise and one that most people neglect. It's just not a, an exercise, especially men. Men don't get down and do side planks a lot, and it's a phenomenal exercise. And you'll be blown away by how much you get in your shoulders. Not often are you stabilizing your entire body weight in that position with the shoulders. Uh, so you want a great stimulus for the shoulders that you probably don't do. Try a side plank. Yeah, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head with the isometrics. So back to like the handstand push-ups and the pike, you know, pike push-ups. Those are pretty hard exercises. And if you're like the average person, you're probably not able to even do one rep. So instead of doing a rep, just hold yourself. Mm-hmm. Just get into a pike position with your arms fully extended and hold yourself and time yourself for 10 seconds or 15 seconds. Or if you're strong, you can go as high as... 20 or 30 seconds and watch the burn and the pump you get in your shoulders. And you right. can advance that to yeah. where you're in a, in a, uh, a push, uh, you know, a handstand position with your feet up against the wall and just hold, mm-hmm. just hold and stay tense. When I did these tension movements with overhead carries and other varieties and versions of this, my shoulder gains went through the roof and my strength went through the roof because that tends to be a neglected 
part of the, the strength curve with our shoulders because we tend to not lock ourselves out when we're doing an overhead yeah. press. Oh, stability is everything in the shoulder. And to add into that too, like uh, same position in the extended plank position for a push-up, but you know, really adding more elements to stabilizing the shoulder. One thing you can do is, is raise one arm off the ground. So now we're just stabilizing on one arm and then we're touching the opposite shoulder with that, that arm that you took off the ground and then add another like intensity to that is to then take that arm, you lift off the ground and rotate uh, your torso up towards the ceiling and then back down and stabilize. So there's, there's other elements like that. If you can get really good at stabilizing your shoulder through these types of movements, watch what that does when you go back to your overhead presses and these are all body weight things that we're listing right now and man if you have bands it's really unlimited what you i mean you could do sure. almost everything you can with uh dumbbells for your shoulders uh with bands uh, yes and and the way the way i would progress it is uh if you're pretty advanced and you're doing a lot of volume in your workout uh, you start with the more difficult exercises and then move to the easier exercises. And typically the band exercises for shoulders are easier than the Body handstand oh, push-ups yeah, and pike push-ups. Definitely. Yeah. So I would finish off with bands, uh, rather than start off, although you can always switch them around. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, uh, typically I would start with the more difficult and, know, I've, and I've already seen people, I mean, that have been tagging us that are, are finding creative ways, movements like the Z press that are found in some of our programs and they're sitting on rubber bands and doing the press there. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of creative ways that you can, uh, you know, work your shoulders if you've got bands. I mean, there's, there's no part of your shoulder that will be neglected if you have a, a good set of bands. Right, right. Um, now, legs can sometimes. I mean, there's a there's a lot of lower body body weight exercises, but sometimes these can be dif difficult because we can get stuck in the you know I'm doing a million reps, mm -hmm. you know, type of thing because the legs are you know naturally the strongest part of our body, and so you know when we go to do a lower body exercise without any weight, people are, you know the complaint that I always get is, you know, gosh, I'm doing you know, a hundred, you know, million uh, different repetitions. You know, one thing that you want to understand about tension in the body and bodybuilders, by the way, are uh, experts at this. You know, one, one way, one thing that you can learn from bodybuilders is how to make a lightweight Hard. feel yeah. much heavier. Right. Um, they're, they're so good at this. You know, you, a bodybuilder will take half the weight that a powerlifter will squat with and they'll get more, you know, muscle gains, and activation because of the form and technique and the mind to muscle connection. And this is what I recommend. If you are find yourself uh, doing exercises that you think are too easy. So my absolute favorite lower body exercises uh, without weight are lunges. Yeah. I like them even better than squats. No, I like them much better. For than sure. Squats. For sure. Yeah. And it, it's it just that they're, they're more difficult to do mm -hmm. uh, than squats. Squats, you might be able to sit there forever, whatever. But here's what I like to do. Um, I like to slow my reps down and really focus on the muscles. I could do 10 lunges and get a better workout for mm -hmm. my legs than if I did 100 really fast lunges, you sure. know, where I was just loose and repping through them. Yeah. Talking to that, making each rep harder, like they, they like bodybuilders do do a fantastic job with this in terms of like really emphasizing the squeeze. And so like, this is something that's hard to coach a lot of times to people to intentionally make it harder. And, uh, you have to think about time under tension, 
and being able to increase that tension by not ever allowing yourself to kind of sit in the rep. You're just squeezing your muscles the entire way through the whole thing. Yes, yes, yes. And you can also uh, you can also break your reps up into different ranges of motion. This is something that I really like to do um, even when I lift weights. So what I mean by that, so uh, there was an exercise that I learned a long time ago uh, for biceps called 21s. Um, and this is just, it was it's just an old school, uh, you know, variety or version of a curl where, you know, normally when you do a curl, you curl the barbell all the way up, right from the bottom, all the way up to the top. Well, with 21s, what you do is you do seven reps where you curl the weight from the bottom halfway up. Then you do seven reps where you curl the weight from the middle of the rep all the way to the top and then seven full reps. So you're basically just breaking up the range of motion into, into different pieces, you could do this with exercises that are, you know, that you may think are easy. So let's say you're doing lunges and you're doing 50, 60 reps. And you're like, wow, I'm going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. Try doing this. Try doing, you know, 10 reps from the bottom halfway up. Then try doing 10 reps from halfway up, up to the top. Break the reps up, shorten the rep, uh, the ranges of motion for each repetition and watch what happens. The tension you get from it and the, the difficulty uh, goes through the roof or, you know, whereas before you were doing too many reps, you may find yourself uh, finding that you're doing way less reps now because of uh, the technique that you just employed. Well, t- speaking of like tension and trying to increase that, right. Uh, and one of my favorite times to incorporate uh, stabilization is here. So you want to make a, a lunge really difficult, uh, add a, a balance element to it. So every time I lunge, I come back to stabilization mm-hmm. and, you know, try doing 15 to 20 reps of that. Uh, just the, just the portion of you having to stabilize on that leg after each rep and balance, uh, you'll see how much your butt is on fire from having just to, to stabilize that. So I love throwing, yeah. you know, or like a walking lunge. And every time I take a step, I come up to a balance. I stabilize for a few seconds. Then I lunge again up to a balance, stabilize again, mm-hmm. and then lunge again. And we're just it, on really what we're feeling when we do that, aside from all the stabilization muscle kingdom, is just the time under tension. What ends up happening when you do a squat or a lunge typically, and you come back to both feet is you lock out and you rest. And so it's that it's that rest that that time under tension that you're not getting when you're stabilizing or when you're going back to both feet versus when you're stabilizing. There's constant tension in the glute and, and legs when you're actually having to stabilize on one leg. So it'll be on fire after ten to fifteen reps, and it's a great. And a lot of people neglect stabilization type of elements in their training, and we tend to mock people that do that inside of the gym. But here is a great place where I see a lot of value of implementing that into your routine to help intensify a basic exercise. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's so many different versions of lunges. Obviously your basic ones, you're, you could step forward and step back. So that's a front step lunge. You could step, step back side. and then step forward. That's a back step. Both of them work the muscles a little bit different, differently. A front step lunge, you tend to hit a little bit more quad back step mm-hmm. lunge, you get a little bit more glute. There's the lateral lunges, which most people never do. Yeah. Um, those are exceptional. They're very difficult. They're going to work on your mobility, mm-hmm. um, probably more than your traditional lunge. And then here's a fun variety. Here's another fun version that I like to do. Let's say I'm going to do a back step lunge rather than stepping back with the back foot. I put that foot on a, a towel on a smooth surface. So I'm, let's say I'm on my wood floor or, you know, tile or whatever. And instead of stepping back, I slide, slide the foot back, back mm-hmm. 
into the lunge and then I slide it forward uh, when I come up. Uh, you can also do that with a, a, a lateral lunge as well, where you're sliding out, coming down, and then stepping up. And it just adds a whole new element uh, to that exercise. Right. This is where, um, uh, you know, too, I, I love I love the emphasis on movement and really like taking this opportunity body weight wise to improve your overall coordination function, but also strengthening uh, different patterns of movement. And so like th this is where I get a lot of feedback from the matrix lunge that's in performance uh, specifically as well, uh, because it, it challenges people in a completely different way uh, through lateral lunges, which you mentioned, and also through a rotational lunge. And so you can kind of combine the three uh, together and get a whole new experience with that. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we talk, we've been talking a lot about tension. Try this out. Now, this is a uh, very valuable practice, but it requires a lot of focus and concentration. Do a tension squat or a tension lunge. Mm -hmm. And the way you literally do this is you go really slow, but while you're going down into your squat or your lunge, try to activate your muscles as much as possible. Every try muscle. to everything yeah. just create a shit ton of tension in your lower body as you train now the value of this yes it could definitely challenge your body it could work your muscles but this trains your central nervous system in a very very different way it really does help you learn how to summon the full power of your central nervous system and i learned this years ago when you know when i was a kid you know when i started working out in the 90s I would, you know, I used to read bodybuilding magazines and I remember reading an article by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where he talked about how something that he liked to do uh, in the in, during the season of competing is he liked to uh, to do about 20 to 30 minutes of bodybuilding poses um, every single day. And he said it made his body, you know, in, in the article, it said it got him real cut. He got real good definition from it. He, he felt his muscle. And I thought, you know, flexing, like what's the big deal? And then I read about how these guys flex and if you're a bodybuilder and you're, you're posing on stage and you're flexing your biceps you don't just flex your biceps you have to flex the entire you're presenting the entire body to tense and hold the entire body so i actually practiced this as a kid and i was astounded at how exhausting it was maintaining kind of this full body tension yeah. it is a workout make no mistake so you're gonna sweat oh man it's brutal well all all lifting weights is is flexion of the muscles with resistance mm -hmm. yes. so the, the better you are at flexing a muscle the more you'll get out of resistance training so yes I, there, there i mean i a ton of value in this uh this was one of my my favorite things to do when i was competing was that that's how I would think when I was flexing and posing. It wasn't just about how am I presenting my physique. It's that, boy, does it really start to encourage a good, strong mind-muscle connection because when you don't have any resistance and you just got to stand there and really think about contracting a muscle without using any resistance just by intensifying it intrinsically – Boy, when you use that that same the, that same technique with resistance, whether it be your body weight bands or dumbbells or a barbell, boy, does it really enhance that exercise? And this is what 
you're right, bodybuilders are really good at because they practice and they try and work on their flexing so much that when they go into the gym and they start to do resistance training, they've got that technique down so well. I think that improves your gains. Now think of this too as also like if you're lifting heavy weights and you're on like a you know one to five kind of rep range, uh, if I'm really squeezing and radiating that kind of attention where you know I'm 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 basically emulating a really heavy lift uh, by by tensing my entire body up like this. So you need to apply appropriate rests in between. You're going to get lightheaded uh, and it's, it's going <laughs> yeah. to be really taxing. So just like FYI out there, people don't realize like how, uh, you know, effective and, and, you know, crazy, like intense it can be. Oh yeah. You know, who was a big proponent of whole body tension and who practiced it all the time? Uh, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Yep. Bruce Lee talked a lot about creating this just tension throughout the whole body. He says it was one of the reasons why he could strike with so much force because he would be very loose. And then when he would strike, he was able to activate everything all at once. This is also uh, a great skill to apply when you go back to the gym and you're trying for a max rep to be able to get into position, get good form and activate uh, everything um, all at once. So this is a phenomenal technique you can apply to any exercise right. and I, you don't need a single pound of resistance. You could do this with just your body. Yeah. This can be its own like phase, uh, which we actually, oh, yeah. yeah, we, we structured together to make it even easier to understand, but yeah, you can do this for your back. You can do this for your chest. You can do this for your legs and you can do this for your core. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a good option for you. Totally. All right. Let's get to the, to the core, which I think is easy. I think most people, when they train their core, they don't use machines and weights anyway. So this is kind of an easy one. Um, but, you know, some of my – by the way, for those of you listening right now who neglect working your core, now's your chance, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now you can, you know, go back to the gym with uh, the strongest core uh, you've ever had before. And, of course, having a strong core, uh, it really does speak to some of the big major lifts like overhead presses, squats, uh, and deadlifts uh, because it's such an integral part of maintaining – overall stability. Uh, one of my favorite exercises for the core is the active plank. By the way, a lot of these movements that we're talking about, um, uh, you can find on our YouTube channel, not all of them, but a lot of them. Most and of we them. do have, uh, we do list a lot of, uh, exercises and mobility movements on our YouTube channel. So if you want some video demonstrations, make sure you go uh, check that out. But active planks is definitely on there. Um, it's one of my favorite exercises for the core. And essentially it's, you're starting at a bottom plank position when you're on your elbows and on your toes, but your hips are on the floor. Then when you pull your hips up, tuck your tailbone as you pull up like you're doing a crunch, squeeze, and then slowly lower back down to the floor and then repeat. It is by far one of my favorite exercises. Yeah, and if you do effective. it right, you shouldn't yeah, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be able to do tons of reps with it anyway. Well, along those lines of really difficult and low reps, I think, and great for building strength in the core and abs is the perfect setup, which I know we also have oh, a yeah. video on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect setup. We have a whole video on that as well. And that is one of the most basic uh, core exercises you could do. Um, super difficult if you do it right. Um, I'm My core, you know, at its strongest, I don't think I could do more than like eight of those mm -hmm. uh, really slow. So it's really, really tough. And basically, you lay on the floor flat, legs straight out in front of you, you're totally flat, and then ever so slowly, roll your body up uh, into a One vertebrae at a time, basically. That very, very slow exercise, very slow exercise. Mm -hmm. um, 
Hollow body rockers. Whoa, that's yeah. a killer. That's one I that learned is- from uh, gymnastics, actually. And that was like a, a super effective exercise to get connected all the way from your fingertips to your toes. So you're basically creating this this sort of banana shape uh, with your legs kind of slightly raised up, but like extended completely, even your toes extended, and then your arms uh, behind your head, but basically your biceps glued to your, to your ears. And so you create this sort of boat position uh, and you're extended from both, but now uh, being able to connect to that and draw your core in and maintain that position by itself is really taxing so uh the the progression to that would be to then start to kind of rock and be able to stabilize it oh yeah and then you know we haven't even mentioned uh heavy carries which are uh i mean i love throwing those in my workouts um if you have anything heavy that you can literally hold or carry whether it's uh a suitcase so suitcase carries we, we can do with a dumbbell but why not use a suitcase if you have right. a suitcase at home Put something in it that weighs 30, 40 pounds, hold it with one hand, brace your core, and then walk for 20 yards and watch how much that activates the opposite side of your core. Um, So uh, all kinds of carries. You can carry things overhead, carry things in both hands. You could use jugs of water and just keep yourself very tense as you walk with good form and good posture uh that some of my favorite exercises are carries now and by the way i learned those from you justin you're the one that got me to do those yeah um and they, awesome. they, they yeah they're, they're super awesome um all right arms arms uh triceps are pretty easy i think um mm-hmm. bit dips off of a, a bench or a chair um close grip push-ups and if you're really strong you can use an elevated surface like a countertop and do a a skull crusher or uh, somewhat of a skull crusher. This is where your feet are away from the from whatever your hands are on, keeping your body rigid like you're going to do a push-up. But then all you do is bend the elbows. Rather than going down on a push-up, you bend the elbows, lower your body, and then straighten your body back up. Those are hard, though. Yeah, that's real difficult. I like doing like a tricep extension like that from a plank position, too. So if you're like in a plank position, your elbows are tucked underneath your shoulders, and you just extend into a, a full plank uh, position and then back down, mm-hmm. uh, that's a great That's a great way. It's kind. Of, I would say it's probably difficulty-wise, probably somewhere between what you're uh, describing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. And then, uh, and then like a dip, I think it's, it's a, a little more challenging than that. Uh, but a great way to to progress that, like uh, you know, what I'm talking about, right? Like in the same yeah. position, you'd be in upper body mountain climbers, definitely. Uh, but do yes. yeah, I would. I definitely start like on a bench or a chair or something like that, and just get good position so you could get your shoulders fully retracted, and then keep your butt as close to the chair and the bench as possible, and slowly get down to the depth that you feel like you can control. Uh, and, and while you're doing that to half your legs, so to, to bend your knees and bring your feet underneath your knees, uh, is going to be easiest. And then start slowly extending your legs out. So you're on your heels, uh, it will give you more resistance to that. And then, um, you know, you can kind of find your way towards something that you can actually dip, uh, with your entire body off the ground, uh, would be, you know, a great way to intensify that. Totally. And then for biceps, if you don't have any bands, uh, pull-ups, if you do a lot of pull-ups, you're going to hit your, in body rows, you're going to be hitting your biceps yeah, like you crazy. Yeah, just throw your, throw your hands in a supinated position, right? So palms up. So do your pull-ups, palms up, or do your body rows, palms up, and really get more bicep activation. Totally. Now, if you have bands, of course, now you can do pretty much any curl mm-hmm. uh, that you did with dumbbells. Now you can do with bands, whether it's regular curls, hammer curls, supinated. 
I love doing supinating curls with bands because when by the way I so what I do is I'll grab a band with a with a, a hammer grip. So I grab the band with my palm facing neutral so that the band is, you know, coming down toward, toward, out of the bottom of my hand and the top of my hand is where I have the band. Then when I curl, I twist, but because the band, the way that I'm holding the band, I actually get resistance on the twist mm-hmm. uh, more than I would with a dumbbell. Does, basically, that, does that make sense? Yeah, basically you're leading your your pinky up as you're rolling your wrists yes. up and open. So yeah, you get a lot more activation there in the bicep. I love those. Well, remember, I think I think you just did a YouTube video. I'm not sure if it's live yet, Sal, or not, of uh, you know elbow positioning for bicep and tricep you know if you have bands that's that's a a great uh technique so think about uh the position of your elbows uh when you're when you're doing this right so i I would try and do something from like a bicep curl from the floor where i'm standing upright i do one where my elbows are positioned in front of me and i'm i'm pulling the the band towards me or then one where the it's fastened maybe up above in a door and then i'm i'm bringing it down to me uh, a great ways to to vary both the the bi- bicep and tricep exercises. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then of course, don't forget about mobility. Um, mobility, yeah. I think uh, you don't when you do good mobility movements, you don't have equipment anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what a great opportunity to really focus on and work on mobility. And you know, some of my favorite mobility movements uh, that are that seem to be beneficial for most people. You have your ninety ninety and all those variations. You could find that for sure on our YouTube channel, yeah. handcuffs with rotation. Love that lizard with rotation, windmills, um, you know, pigeon Turkish getups. These are all found on our YouTube channel. They're all body weight mobility movements. They're exceptional. And then the way I would structure your workout guys is, you know, we talked about, uh, and we've talked about this on, on previous episodes over the last couple of weeks of rather than doing a full hour or hour and a half workout, breaking your workout up into smaller chunks uh, throughout the day. One thing you could do is you could also break up the the focus. So, you know, you could do a mobility workout in the morning, then you could do a strength workout in the afternoon, and then you can finish with some type of a conditioning workout uh, later in the day. Or you could take the whole workout that you're going to do and just break it up into three so you do a little bit of each uh, in each of those workouts. Um, I've found that, uh, more frequent workouts with body weight exercises seems to be, uh, more effective than the less frequent, harder workouts. And if you've been working out in gyms this whole time, you probably have never experienced what it feels like to have lots of small workouts rather than your traditional, you know, one, you know, large, larger workout mm-hmm. that change alone will get your body to respond and adapt that change alone gets your muscles to really take shape. Um, uh, and it, you, you may, you may actually realize that it's something that you always want to incorporate into your routine, right. you know, one or two days a week because of just how damn effective it is. That's how I came up with trigger sessions is just mm-hmm. that frequent. I like, a, I like applying the, the mobility the same way that we're applying the, the body weight and band type of training. So like, I like breaking up the three workouts in a day of, let's say my strength training. And then the next day it's, I break up mobility workouts all day and give myself a break of strength training. Then the next day I'm back to strength training. Then the next day I'm in the mobility again. And why I like this is what I've experienced since we've been out here, since I've been breaking up these small 20 minute workouts is I'm getting pretty damn sore. 
Uh, yeah. And so the next day, instead of like hammering my body again, since I'm still kind of recovering and sore from the workout the day before, is a great day to do all mobility stuff, mm-hmm. especially since I'm tight and sore, get the blood flowing that'll help speed up recovery and then promote good mobility because I'm doing it three times in the day. And then I go back to, you know, my, my strength training the next day. So I like you know, alternating back and forth. I love the idea of breaking up the workout and three 20 minute, uh, workouts in the day. And then, the, and then the next day being a, a mobility type focus day. Yeah. I love the emphasis of breaking up because you're, you're right. I mean, when are we going to get an opportunity like this again, where, you know, we're confined to the house. We're not uh, distracted by driving here to there to everywhere else. We can actually like accomplish multiple workouts in a day. Let's take advantage of that and see how your body responds to that. I don't know, you know, when an opportunity like this will arise again. Obviously, this is not the most ideal opportunity, but making the most of it by, you know, getting the benefits of that. You're going to get a lot of benefits uh, from just the, the constant stimulus that you can provide your body uh, by working out and breaking it up a few times a day. Totally. And, you know, I really implore the listeners you know, we have been working tirelessly for the last, you know, four or five years at being able to provide as much free resources and information as possible, uh, stuff that doesn't cost a dime. Yeah. Um, our YouTube channel is Mind Pump TV. You'll find hundreds of exercises um, and discussions around fitness on that channel. Lots of demonstrations. There are exercises there that are mm-hmm. in the gym. But there's a lot of exercises and mobility movements that don't require any equipment whatsoever. We also so have our 30 there. days of coaching for free. Uh, yep. You know, if, if you want something that's structured that gives you an actual idea of like what to follow and, and focus on each day, you know, we have that provided as well as an option. So there's there's a lot of free resources out there that we provide. That's it. And, and mindpumpfree.com has uh, all of our our books and guides. They don't cost anything. So if you if you need ideas, you need some more help. Uh, on how to keep maintain your fitness right now, um, make sure you go check that out. Now, if you want something that's uh, put together, organized for you, narrated, you, you know, every, like you don't have, any, there's no guesswork. It tells you what to do today, what to do tomorrow, reps, sets, exercises. It has videos in there with demonstrations and coaching and whatnot. Um, of course, we have our program maps anywhere, which uh, we have placed at, on fifty uh, percent off. Uh, during this time uh, where people are, you know, confined to their houses and gyms are closed. And of course, you can find that at uh, mapswhite.com and use the code white50 for the discount. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.